three years from now, uh, you're you're in Austin. You're you're running the Velveeta Room. It is the uh, celebrating thirty years of live uncensored stand-up comedy. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's like the at this point, it's it's at the point where like it is synonymous with like the best indie room in the country. People are like, you have when you go to Austin, like if you get a chance, dude. Do, institution. Do the Velve. Like it's packed. Every night is just packed. You've added. Uh, you're doing. You're definitely doing two shows every Thursday. You're doing two shows, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh wow. Um, you have, like, uh, you moved an open mic. You have a, a new like, Wednesday open mic, and then you have like weekends now. So you're just like it's fucking kicking ass, right? And you're getting like bigger name people, really good comics. You are on top of it, right? Things are going great, and uh, you go home. You go home to see your family for Thanksgiving, right? Whole family's there, right? Your your mom, your dad. I'm back in Virginia for you're this. Back, you're back in Virginia, and you guys are. Uh, you're, you're. It's like the night before Thanksgiving, and you're like, "Hey, we're gonna go. We're gonna go get Chinese food." That's like a thing you guys do, you know. The <laughs> night before the night before Thanksgiving, you do something just the just the fam. Yeah, that's actually what we what we do do. We don't get Chinese food, but we do do a, a family night. What do you guys do? Um, we go to church. We go to church on Christmas Eve, and then, and it's weird because I don't I don't go to church. I don't really like going to church. What's something yeah. nice about going to Christmas Eve mass? Yeah, with the fam. So we leave there. We go home. My dad cooks a huge dinner. Have a couple drinks with the brother. Yeah. Eat some good food. Well, you don't do that this time. Uh, This time you go home and you guys go to a Chinese restaurant, right? And you guys play... That's weird. Why do we change? Why do we change our mind? I don't know. I'm just telling you what happens. You guys play tic-tac-toe at a Chinese restaurant. That's your... That's your... It's our Christmas Eve. We play tic-tac-toe. It's Thanksgiving. The day before Thanksgiving. Oh, it was Thanksgiving. I I thought we were talking about Christmas Eve. No, Thanksgiving. The day before Thanksgiving. I guess that's why it sounded weird when I said we go to church on that's Thanksgiving. That's what you said. Yeah, you, I fucked you up. Changed, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 that's your fault. Um, I, I totally misheard what you said. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. So that's your, you guys go and you spend like six hours playing tic-tac-toe at a Chinese restaurant. Why do we go, why do we go there for Thanksgiving? That sucks. On I, Christmas Eve, that'd be great. I No, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you what happens, okay? So you guys go there and like nobody ever wins tic-tac-toe because it's a child's game. It always, you always pull cats, you know? And that's what we called it when you, it was a draw. They called it a cat. I never heard that before. Well, I don't know. St. Louis is dumb. So, like, nobody ever wins. So it's, like, very boring immediately, like, very early on, right? And uh, you guys are just kind of hanging out, and you eat, you eat the Chinese food. The people there are just fucking, they hate you, everybody in the Chinese <laughs> Wait, restaurant. Wait, why? What did we do? Why we would just, they hate us? No, We're not, nice. not us, just you specifically. What did I do? You're used to you're just like an annoying kid from that town. Annoying kid. Yeah, growing up you were just real fucking annoying. You're just just you were just like a real weird annoying kid, and you just got on everybody's <laughs> last nerves. And when you, anytime you go anywhere in your hometown, people are just like, "Oh fuck, man." But I'm I'm almost thirty four years old. They, yeah, it they, was that bad. You were just a real shit. But like like, did, is there a specific? Thing I mean, I would do? you would always walk around telling everybody that you were gonna 
uh, drain threes and slam dunks. <laughs> oh no! But you were, but you were so bad at basketball, and people eventually were like, "Pat, we fucking we get it, Pat. That's enough." And I told just, the people who worked at the Chinese. You restaurant. told everybody. It was your thing. From, I walked in. I would like say nine oh, until like sixteen and a half. I would I'd walk in and say I drain threes and slam dunks. Yeah, and you would change it sometimes. You'd be like, "Nate's Pat. I drain threes and slam dunks. How you doing?" You shake like shake somebody's hand. Sometimes you would have like a business card. That had it written on there, and you would say, hi, I'm Pat, and then you would give them that business card. Because there was a period of time where you wanted to give it up, but you just you just fucking couldn't. Like, you committed to the bit, and you, you knew that, like, there was another dip in the roller coaster coming. Like, the fun times were ahead, but you just had to build back up to it. It was just a real weird... It, that part was a real weird transition in your life. So these Chinese... <laughs> Sounds the, pretty weird. Yeah, the people at the Chinese restaurant just hate you guys, right? <laughs> so you, you guys normally spend, like, six hours there... This time you're only doing like four because they're just glaring at you and you you've ruined everything. So we sit there for four hours. Yeah, playing. Yeah, it's like the thing you guys do. They never yeah. had a problem with that before. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, they didn't like you, but everybody else. You can even hear him saying that, like, you know, this is kind of weird, and we like all those people, but God, I just fucking wish Pat would just jump out into fucking traffic. Like they're just don't I hear like them you. say that. Yeah, like they're trying to like conceal it from you. But they're they're also just kind of like I don't give a fuck. Maybe that means he won't come back anymore. You know, like they're just like they're just really into you not being around. Okay, all right, so, fair enough. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hated. Yeah, you're, you're hated just, in my hometown. Yeah, you're, people, you're just like the least. You're not hated, but you're definitely the least liked. Yeah, you know. So that they're not necessarily like fuck this guy, but they're but they're like, well, that guy's not my friend. Kind of like that. Or? Yeah, yeah. They're just like they're not like it's an active hate. It's just yeah. It's just they're just like God. I just ugh, yeah. No thanks. That's rough. Yeah. That is really sad. That yeah. makes me so sad to think about. Yeah. That I go home, and I have been such a piece of shit my entire life that no one who works anywhere has a positive memory of me, and they're just upset. They're mad at me, and they hate me. Decades after, I mean, yeah. that is so yeah. horrible. So you guys are like your your family comes home. God, right? does that make me? I mean, in this, does this make me sad? This scenario? Yeah, I mean, probably it probably does. Yeah, <laughs> this is horrible. So you you guys like go home and you're like kind of like your family's kind of it's definitely tense because they they feel like like the the tradition's ruined, and uh, you guys are sitting around and then there's a phone call. <laughs> Hold on, right? <coughs> How could this? I, listen, listen, I don't know. I'm just telling you, the family feels like definitely disappointed. That like you, like your actions <laughs> caused them to be removed from a, a place and a tradition is lost. Okay. So you guys are, you guys are sitting around, uh, just kind of hanging out and you know, you get a phone call and your, your mom answers it. It's a and, tradition, despite the fact that they always kick us out every single year. No, I mean, they don't always kick you out. I mean, they always dislike you personally. How would this ever be a tradition? Like, why would I go along with this? Why because would I fly back knowing I'm going to go get someone to eat and everyone's going to hate me? Because, like, that's the tradition. <coughs> I guess it's just what I did. Yeah. I mean, All that's, right. it's I'm just what I'm I did. just telling you. Okay. So you get a phone call and it's your mom answers it and she's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <coughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Right. She's clearly consoling somebody and she's like agrees to talk to them later. And she goes, oh, that was uh my aunt Juliet. Her aunt Agnes passed away. <laughs> and yeah, just so sudden she's ninety eight years old, you know, and just there's like affairs to sort out and you know, we might even be like the, the closest relatives to her. Because so many people on her side of the family had died. And you're like, oh, that's that's sad. You you had no idea who this lady was, right? Yeah. So you kind of like sit down and talk to your mom, and she kind of tells you about Agnes. Uh, 
uh, and like it's kind of like the things she she done. She was the second woman, like the second famous female pilot after Amelia Earhart. She was like number two, you know. Okay, and and she like was always kind of bitter that she never got her her comeuppance. <laughs> she even like one time like got into a fucking straight up brawl with Amelia Earhart and kind of kicked her ass, <laughs> right? So and old great Aunt Agnes is fucking she's a boss, right? <laughs> and there's even like so your mom has like a your mom has like a memory box and she goes. Oh, and Aggie, that's what you guys called her. There's a newspaper clipping of Amelia Earhart like disappearing and there's a it's like a local newspaper and there's a quote from her that's like, I'm glad that bitch is gone, right? Good lord, <laughs> yeah, she, she really just, is yeah. bitter. And she goes, Oh, what a what a character, right? So it just she's just very strange. So she goes, Yeah, you know, she got in some she got into, she was a, a businesswoman, you know, after she gave up flying and I think she was pretty successful. I don't I don't know. I never really we didn't really talk to that side of the family a whole lot. <laughs> But and, she, but hold on. My mother is the closest. Yeah, there's just so m- everybody else on like that side of this lady's family is, is dead. dead. Or, okay. Yeah, all right. Just a distant relative. Yeah, so you're getting ready to like you're leaving in like one day. Um, sure. You're you're getting ready to fly back home, and then you guys get a call, and they're like, "Hey, the, yeah, the, the lawyer has the last will and testament they want to read." And it's like, yeah, apparently, like they left like we're pretty close, so there's some stuff in there for us. So they get down there and. Uh, the lawyer sits down and he he goes through everything and it's just like your mom and dad and brother and he's like he talks to your dad and he goes uh, we're gonna we're gonna let you take over the estate and you're gonna kind of like manage everything okay you know he's got a legal background and you're gonna take over the estate like her personal estate I have to no like her dad like your dad okay. your dad is your dad is getting like to like manage the estate. Weird. Um, yeah. So, you know, she trusted him and your mom gets like the house, like the like the big house that she had. And you uh, your brother gets uh, he gets a house on an island in Holy Cancun. Yeah. What? Yeah. He gets her a summer house. It was on an island in Cancun. And that goes to your brother. And then she was uh, little Patrick. She was uh, I only met you one time. And she goes, I, I looked at you and I saw a little piece of you inside of me or me inside of you. You get it. I'm bad with idioms. Right. <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't like the most down. articulate woman. She wasn't very learned. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Uh, so she but she she like demanded. I mean, what, somebody I mean, she dictate. wrote that down and didn't erase it. That's yeah. So she's weird. yeah. She's dictated. Corrected herself. <laughs> yeah. But she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Almost like she was making it up as she went along. No. Um. <laughs> I mean, she probably was. She was a real shoot, shoot from the hip lady. She goes, I, I, she goes, I think you, um, she goes, I think you, uh, I think you'd be a good man to take over our business. All right. right? And does it say what the business is? Uh, she says it's called Zips. You get to take over Zips. Okay. Uh, so he, I keep the, reading. Yeah. Yeah. So the the lawyer's like, ah, I don't know what it is. I've got, he goes, I, I've got like an email. Now that we've read it, I can forward it along to you. Um, It'll have all the information. There's like a lockbox at a bank, and you know this is so weird. Yeah, I'm just telling you what happens. So you you get the email. You guys go home. You get the email, and Zips is uh, a premium uh, line of anal beads. They want you to take over running this anal bead factory. All right. And it zips. This is what my aunt. That's the that's the sound it makes. Zip when they pull like a str- a string of anal beads out of somebody's butt. 
Is that and that's on purpose? It does that. Yeah, okay. it even has like a sound enhancement thing where like it, it sort of amplifies it a little bit. So my great great aunt, this is her business. Yeah. Okay. And and I run the business now. She won Yeah. She initially started uh, the factory to make beaded curtains, but they. It's like that that story about Pringles and tennis balls and potatoes. You know, it's the same thing, but it's like. She wanted to make beaded curtains, but they showed up with the wrong centerpiece. Right. So she's like, I guess we're just going to make butt plugs now. Yeah, she stumbled onto a yeah. vampire. And it's like, it's a fucking home run company. It's like cutting edge tech, right? They could do so many good things, but they're all you can do is make anal beans, right? Like serious cutting edge technology. You've got a great R&D department. Uh, you got a guy on staff that's like, yeah, my last job, you know, we... uh yeah, we cured cancer, you know, and he's just like, well, that's that's what he's like. Yeah, but I just couldn't pass it up. Are the uh, are the are the workers happy? Yeah, they're very happy. Then, dude, I would throw myself into it. I would go. I don't know much about this, but my great great aunt wanted me to continue our legacy. I'm going to learn everything there is to learn about anal beads and the anal bead business. So I'd probably hire some like consultants. I would definitely. I wouldn't try to take it on head on necessarily like, oh, I got, I'll take over everything Yeah. because I don't know anything about it. So yeah. I, I would definitely have a close knit uh, circle of people that I could trust and rely on for uh, advice about the anal bead business. Yeah, I would do it, dude. I would absolutely do it. How much money does it make a year? Uh, it's like a, it, like, there's like $500 million Five, a holy year. Holy shit. Of yeah, course, dude. dude, I would absolutely do that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That, and it's so goddamn funny to tell someone. Yeah. What do you do on the CEO of this anal bead thing? Yeah. Old zips. So. This sounds um, great. This sounds great. So you're, you, you make, uh, you make, you make a, a pretty good salary, you know. At zips. Yeah, at zips. Um, you make $350,000 a year. Okay. It's a family-run business still. You know, they're, like, super successful, but they just pour it all back into the community. So the thing is, um, in order to take it on, you have to personally test it. So once a week, you're going to try out a new prototype of Zips. And then... um, Why do I have to try it? It's just like a family-run business. There is absolutely... That's how how it's always been. No reason. For that to happen, there's no, I'm just no telling, reason. It's like a tradition thing. I would like say, I would say, look, I get that this company means a lot to you, but I'm not going to do that. Hanging up in your office, the CEO office, yeah. is a picture of your great aunt Agnes holding up a string of zips, and uh, she's standing around a group of people, and they're cutting the ribbon on the factory where you guys stand. She's like, "This was the first zip at at the new at the new place." Yeah. And it was a photo that like really meant a lot to her because it, it was it was all about progress, but like doing it her way and doing it the hard way. And that's okay, that's that's what she wanted to instill in you. That's all well and good, but yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. So once go, a week, once a week, you wouldn't do that no, for three hundred fifty thousand no. dollars a year. And uh, no, but you know why? Because you also get a hang on. You also get a one hundred and fifty dollar gift card to the Darden family of restaurants every week. Every fucking week, bro. Darden family, all of them, and it rolls over. Even Red Lobster? Even Red Lobster. It rolls over. It rolls over. If you got people coming into town and you want to spend a dime, you can go to Longhorn Steakhouse, brother. Okay. Um, you can let it roll over for no, a while. No, I would not do it, and I'll tell you why. It's not just the fact that I have to try out all these anal beads. It's just with the fact that what else are these guys going to spring on me? 
He's like, like, what other weird thing are they going to go? Oh, by the way, you also have to do this terrible thing. He's like, no, that's it. That's the only thing. There's, I don't trust these people. It's okay. $350,000 a year. Okay, I do it. He, he goes. How about he goes? How about this? How about how bad could it be if you sell that much mu- um, that much of it? People seem to enjoy the product. He's like, yeah, people are fucking freaks, dude. <laughs> and he he's like instantly judging him. He goes, how about you Doesn't come? Make me feel better. He goes, how about you come in one week, just see what it's like, and give it a shot. And if if it's something that's like, hey, this is not for me. No love lost. Okay. Right. You sh- let let's do it. So you go in that first week, and you're like introducing yourself. You're doing like board meetings and shit. You're you know, kissing babies and stuff. Literally, you guys have great, like, daycare right on site for all the people who have kids. Uh, you're literally kissing babies, shaking hands. Okay. And they're they're giving you a tour of the factory, and you see where the uh, you see where the beads are getting made, and it's just this like really gnarly looking machinery, and there's a lot of like really sharp edges, and you can almost hear, like, when the machines are running, you can almost hear it say bad. You can almost you can almost hear it, like you think you hear it, but you can never like truly nail it down. Is it uh? Does it frighten me? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think that would probably frighten me a little. Yeah. Okay, right. So you tour, you go through, you finish the tour, you guys have lunch. It's um, it's a well, I probably ask them salmon nissoir. I'll probably say, by the way, like that yeah. machine back there. Do you just hear anything weird? Did you hear like it, like they called out anyone's name or he, anything? He goes, "Are you kidding me? That thing, that is top of the line. That's that's the Gorbo nine thousand. <laughs> the Gorbo nine thousand? Yeah, dude. What it's, a, it? it's a plastic shaper. Yeah. That's, that's, the Gorbo nine thousand is all the heavy lifting. You can't you can't you can't even buy those anymore. That's how rare they are. And we've got one right here at Zips. Okay. Zips Inc. Right. I take it man his word, and I just go, "Well, that was either a." huge warning about life or it's just a hallucination and i can't do anything about either one so we let's just move on so you you go and you're like okay friday at four o'clock you're sweating bullets dude you're watching the hand go by end of the week right and the week comes on at 4 15 some soft jazz starts to play you're sitting in the room and you see a couple speakers descend from the ceiling and they start playing some bony James. <laughs> Out of nowhere, there's a fireplace in the middle of the room where you didn't see it before. A fireplace. Yeah, it just appeared. You can't tell if it was like raised on like a pneumatic pad or something, but it's just it's there now. All right. All right. And here's 4:30. You see a bottle of champagne appear on your desk and a, and a tray of strawberries. And there's and there's like a there's like a card on there that's like a diagram and it's like shows a hand picking up a strawberry and then part two is like dunking it in the champagne and the third part is just a set of lips and it's rubbing it on so it's like kind of wanting you to do that but I mean you don't have to but it's just letting you know it's telling me the proper way to to eat the strawberries with champagne yeah it just, right. just wants to let you know. I'm going to be honest with you. That would have never occurred to me. So I'm yeah, actually kind of glad it's there. Science. I would have just have them separate. That's actually, yeah, that sounds, well, it sounds good. It doesn't sound really good. It sounds kind of odd, but I don't know. maybe it's something. So you're like, oh, what's this about? And you try it. It's the best goddamn strawberry you've ever had in your life. All right. It I awakens do. something inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> what when do you, you mean? When you, ta- when you taste it, when the, when, the, when the champagne strawberry hits the tip of your tongue, 
it makes you feel like the the time when you were when you were 11 years old when you went swimming out of the creek behind your home and it was just like <laughs> creek the, behind my home yeah it's just it was just like the fucking perfect summer day like just it was it was it was perfect it was like 80 degrees it was you and like four of your friends all wearing jean shorts shirtless swimming in a creek the creek that was behind my house growing yeah and in, it was just like suburbs. when you when you think when you think of your youth <laughs> when you think of like what do you think of your shining moment in the sun of yeah. your youth yeah you think of the moment that's going to be on the cover of, of your fucking book it's a moment with you and just four of your shirtless friends all wearing jorts soaking wet and you all have your arms around each other and somebody nearby snapped a polaroid and that was a photo you kept on the visor of your car for the longest time yeah but that's that's the memory you have when you taste these champagne strawberries. So they so sound four, like very good strawberries. Yeah, you love them. So four fifty eight. There's a knock on the door. What do you do? I just open it. I don't even look through the keyhole. I I know what's going on. I open the door. So you you, you open the door and there's a, a but- and I'm smiling. I, I'm I'm just going. Look, this is just what this is. You open the door and there's a butler standing there. Yeah. And he's, he's holding job, he's yeah. holding on a silver platter, a zip. Yeah, that's what it's called when it's singular, and it's just it's just a, it's like a just anal beads. Yeah, and there's also a bottle of lubricant. Yeah. What do you do? I go. You know, thank you, sir. I take it. I grab the lubricant. You go to grab it, and he nods his head, and he steps into the room and closes the door. <laughs> and he looks over. He goes, "Please." And he motions over to like a, a table that wasn't there before. <laughs> it's a table that kind of sits to where your body rests at like a 45 degree angle. All right. Right. And then there's there's like elbow pads and stuff in there. And he goes, remove your shorts. All right. I go, I guess this is what my life is now. So he. Those shorts come off. He enters this string of anal beads into you. Yeah. And it's it's kind of exhilarating in a way. You're like, man, these are good beads. Yeah. You know, I, I'm onto something here. And then he says, "Are you ready?" Oh yeah. And then he he pulls them out and it's zip. <laughs> it makes that noise, and it's like zip, and then ding. You know, like a chime. Yeah. And he goes, and he hands them to you, and he goes, "Do you want to keep them?" No. No. And he looks. He looks shocked. He goes, "You have to keep them." I go, "You? Well, you asked if I want to. I don't." I that, mean, was if a, I ha- that was just a formality. He goes, okay. "These are yours now." Okay, and then I, then give me the anal beads. He goes, "You ha- he, you have to take them." Okay, I take them. I go, "What the? F-? Yeah, I just grabbed the anal beads." He said, "You can't lose that." What do you mean by that? He goes, "You can't lose it." Or what? He goes, "If you lose that anal beads, you die." <laughs> what do you mean if I lose them? It's got to be on lose. you. It's got to be on you at all times. I have to constantly be having it on. Like I have to be holding it. It's got to be. No on No one your person. told me about any of this shit. He goes, look, I. Those are the rules. Those are the rules, man. I can't help you. Okay, then what, what are you going to say? I have. So I carry these around with me for the rest of my life. You do? Yeah. Otherwise, I die. Okay. So you carry around these anal beads for the rest of your life. Uh, they're usually like. You you had something developed that kind of like straps them to your leg, and um, when you like shower, you feel nude because they're they're not on you, and you you get a little scared every time you shower, just because it's such a foreign feeling because it just presses into your leg and it all you always just kind of loved it. Would you ever try putting them in again? 
do I feel the need to do so? I mean, you don't ever feel compelled to put it in. Then no. But you sometimes you probably would be like curious about it. Because you have a you have a memory already, right. and it's already such a big part of your life. Yeah, um, I'd hold off as long as for as long as I could, but I think eventually I would I would do uh, yeah I would use the anal beads yeah. So you use the anal beads and you uh you you do it yourself. You know you're a man who prideful in your work and you do it yourself and you zipping right yeah, and that's it. You just used them again. That's all it was. So you just uh, you you kind of just have these anal beads strapped to your leg for the next you know thirty thirty five years, and you run zips, and uh, you guys kind of branch out into humanitarian work. You solve the clean water crisis in Africa, right? You build mosquito tents for you know third world countries. Like you do a lot of really good philanthropic work. This sounds and amazing, and it's all on the back of zips. I feel like I won. Yeah, and then one time uh, when you were eighty one years old. The CEO of one Zips. time when you, when I was eighty one. What a yeah. weird way to put it. Yeah, one time. So one time. I'm just talking about your life. When you were eighty one years old, you were uh, you were walking out of an IHOP. You just gone and had a Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity. It was like your favorite thing to do, and you slipped on a pack of a patch of black ice, and the anal beads got jostled around and they inserted into your colon, and you had <laughs> one final moment of bliss as you bleed it out as you bled out. Wait, why was I bleeding out? Because you 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 slipped on black ice and hit your head. I hit my head. You hit your head and you just bled out, and the anal beads were inside of you, and just and in the final moments of your life, you looked at the clouds, and you just thought about that summer day at the creek. The smile came across your face, and you died there in the IHOP parking lot. Well, I guess that's what just what happened. I guess that's, that's pretty how good. My I life guess. Ends. I mean, all in all, did I ever like get married or have kids? No. Or nobody wanted, nobody wanted to marry the anal bead guy. I did. I have any romantic relationships with anyone? You just loved the work, you know. You really loved the work. Under your under your leadership, you developed so many new prototypes. You revolutionized the anal bead industry. I mean, you you changed things, man. But I have no personal life. That's profoundly I'm, sad. I'm, but you didn't need it. You were just so into anal beads that you didn't you didn't feel the need for any sort of external relationship. You found the joy in your work. You loved it, man. Well, then I guess uh, then I guess I die feeling joy in my work. Yeah, you died on a happy note. What more can you ask for? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's. <laughs> 